Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So it's like, well, I'm gay and I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. But it's like, sweetie, you're also white. Right. And you're a male. Right. And you're cis. Right. And so being a cis white gay male. Right. Is still better than being a black. A lot of a things. A cis black man. <laughs> a yeah, lot it can of go things. On, right. It can yeah. go on. Hola, welcome to Absolutely Not. I'm Leanna Lupin, and this is the very first episode on a journey to explore and debunk all things that are absolutely incorrect. In other words, I'm going to take you through conversations, mostly with my smart-ass friends, as we work through topics on which we feel the general population may be uninformed or misinformed. We will attempt to obliterate at least one misconception or taboo in each episode, uh, basically, you get to listen to the wildly absurd but somehow incredibly informative conversations I usually have with my friends. Before we get started, it is worth noting that this episode may not be suitable for all listeners as it does contain explicit discussion of sex. Uh, sorry, mommy, pero no creo that this one is for you. Alright, let's do it. This is episode one Does having gay sex make you an ally? To help me answer this question, I've invited my roommate and BFF, Chris Sanchez. Hi, Chris. Hi, Liana. Do you mind introducing yourself and whichever identities you'd like to share that you feel are relevant? Sure. Um, my name is Chris Sanchez. That's Chris <laughs> K-R-I-S. Very Kardashian of me. Um, he, him, his are my pronouns. Um, 29 years old, officially, last week. Old. Old. <laughs> and I'm a cancer. <laughs> Okay, great. Do you want to talk about your sexual orientation? Oh, yeah. 100% gay. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Kinsey 6. Got it. Um, so this is episode one. I'm going to also just share my identities for listeners that don't know me or don't know all of them. So I'm uh, cisgendered. I'm straight. Uh, I'm a woman. And my dad is white of Jewish descent. My mom is Puerto Rican. And I am youthful. I'm a youthful 26. All right. Um, So before we answer the central question, we're going to do some warm-up. We're going to do some basics um, because I think most straight people and gay people literally know nothing about gay sex. Um, So I guess my first question for you is what is the most common question that you get? (sighs) Okay, upon many of my one-night stands, I think the first question I get asked is, does it hurt? Okay, what's the answer? <laughs> uh, depends. Answer is depends, or also sometimes, and also yes. <laughs> okay, got it. Um, okay. I think uh, another question is, like, can you just, you know, go and have sex, right? Like, I think... You think, uh, like, like, do I have rampant anal Do you have rampant anal sex? <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, no. And gay people don't just have... Why not? Rampant anal sex. Well... One, it, again, it's, 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 there's a lot of prep involved. Okay. Um, but also, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's a situation. It's like preparing for battle. All right, let's get into it then. <laughs> what is, what is booty hole prep like? <laughs> um, I mean, booty hole prep can be an entire day, uh, from like shaving to trimming wow. to grooming. Uh, that's like the start of it. Okay. And then the shower. And then... You know, okay, that sounds like pretty standard. <laughs> yeah, that's like standard, right? Okay. Like it's like the I would assume the female version of shaving your legs. 
We just shave our or other things. things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Martin, is that it? Are you done? So you just shave oh, no, and no, you no, shower. No, no. That's okay. like that's like twelve p.m. <laughs> okay, and our target time is like eight p.m. So what are the the yeah, remaining it's like eight hours? hours? Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um. Yeah. So then eventually. After the shower, it would probably be if, if you're assuming that you're gonna be on bottom. I usually like to prep because I'm you know I'm I'm versed, so you, you don't know what the night will bring. Um, but you know you sometimes do an enema or you douche. Okay. And that kind of is just like to get everything out, so you feel more. You gotta at, you gotta spell ease. it out for the people. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I like to do a saline enema. It's it's basically your standard enema. You insert inside your rectum. Um, just like basically this tube, it kind of looks like a reed diffuser. Oh my god, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm trying to give you the... just pointed to something on our table, yeah. so never looking at that the same. <laughs> and you, you, it's lubricated, and you squeeze it in, you, you hold it inside. You're, you're laying on, on your left side. Oh, you're not like on the toilet? Oh, no, 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 no. You're like on your left what? side, like okay. in the fetal position. All right. Thinking about your choices. Okay. <laughs> Squeezing the saline solution inside you, and then you hold the saline solution inside you, remove the enema you wait and then immediately you're feeling the urge like almost instantaneously you feel okay. the urge to expel okay <laughs> expelliarmus <laughs> expelliarmus fabulous so you and then take another shower and then you take another shower that that's logical okay yeah. and then by that point we're at like 3 p.m maybe <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh it's sometimes you can do another one it's not all, all the way healthy but you know just to, it's more of like you're just easing your mind into knowing that when, if you do have sex, gay sex with somebody that, you know, it's going to be like as clean as possible. Yeah. Wait, if it wasn't clear, we're talking about gay sex between two people with penises that, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, okay. You used a word that in this household we know, but I think we need to go into it. So you said verse, you said on top. I feel like people always ask that, right? Like mm-hmm. who's on top? Blah, blah, blah. Walk us through. What's that vocab that you just that you just used? Yeah, so I'd say, like, after the first question of did it hurt, there might even be, like, a pre-question of who was on top, who was on bottom, right? And I think the assumption is that the there's... Straights, no? The straights, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the assumption is that there were only... Only you have to be one of those two, and mm-hmm. you can't be anything else other than those two. And by two, you mean top and bottom. Top and bottom, right. yeah. It's like who was the top, who was the bottom. And I think that that's such a limiting way of thinking in terms of the types of things that can happen in the bedroom mm-hmm, between two mm-hmm. men. Um, but yeah, so I, I would say that I'm verse, which means that, and I hate to use labels, but I am comfortable with either, you know, receiving or giving, okay. uh, being on top or on bottom, classically. Okay, so <laughs> what happens if you fall in love with someone that is a different position? Ah, uh, okay, so... <clears throat> This question was great because it was posed by one of our friends. <laughs> but I actually, having the discussion with her, it's interesting because I, you know, on dating apps and stuff, it has been, like, one of the first things that people ask. It's like, are you top or bottom without even, you know, asking, like, where do you live? <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, in, in my experience, in my last relationship, like, I had only ever topped. And going into the relationship with this man, um, he had told me, he's like, well, I only... I'm verse. So I, I can bottom for you, but I'm not going to do just one. Okay. And so for me, it, was, it wasn't like I um, compromised in any way, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely tried new things. Mm-hmm. And I, 
it was possible for a relationship to work. And I realized that I actually like bottoming. And oh, so okay. that's how I became loose because of my last relationship. Okay. I was like, oh, I'm only going to give it and I'm never going to take it. Right. right. And I think right. a lot of that is obviously like internalized homophobia. But yeah. Oof, <laughs> we got a lot. We got a lot we could do with that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> Um, okay, wait, so then, okay, you said, like, dating apps, so then mm-hmm. that's another thing, right? I feel like the dating apps people know about are, like, Tinder and Grindr, like, are there, walk me through the gay scene, the gay male scene on dating apps. Mm. Yeah. Well, the, I feel like Grindr specifically is for, it, it's, it's for, it's for a very specific group of people, and I think that group of people is... Down to fuck immediately. <laughs> I was about to say, say what you're trying to say. Let's go. I'm trying Get to be it as out. easy as possible. <laughs> yeah. um, which again, like I've definitely been in that in that mental state, you know, after a mm-hmm. few drinks or like going to a club and you don't find anybody. It's like fuck, I'm going grinder. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think like gay people, we also have we also have uh, Bumble and Hinge. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the rules don't apply. Like if you're on Bumble, like the guy has to. Oh, yeah, that's like right. Rules, right, but, like, on all of those ones, with all, all the apps that have limitations for heterosexual people, it's not the same for, for men. Boycott Bumble, heteronormative <clears throat> bullshit. Boycott dating apps, period. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, Hinge, and, yeah. you know, a lot, I know a lot of people on Hinge. I'm, all, I'm personally on Hinge. Hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at, oh, no, it's not an ad. There's no ad. Yeah, just, like, come to my area and start swiping. Okay. <laughs> Go stand outside our house and yeah. wait till you get I did. I did recently over winter break experiment with one called Scruff. Scruff? Scruff you was kind of like, hair? it was kind of, it, it felt as if it was for like bigger men and like the bear community and the okay. otter community okay. and like all the sub-labels okay, like, of men that don't mm-hmm. specifically fit the, you know, the white gay. There's so much the white gay. There needs to be a whole dictionary. We got otters, we got bears, we got... We got verse, we uh-huh. got top, we Wolves. got bottom. What is, what's a wolf? I think a wolf. See, I feel like I know things. That, that, that's the first yeah, time I've ever like heard a wolf. A wolf is someone who's hairy but muscular. Whereas like an otter is someone who I, would, I feel like I'm more identified with as an otter. Like someone whose body is a little bit more like thick, but also hairy. Whereas like a bear is like full on thick daddy. Full oh my God. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Speaking of language and more... Mm. Uh, like identifiers. Okay, so I've heard. So you said basically that grinder is really intense. Um, I think you should let me go on your grinder right yes. now because okay, I've so never actually seen it, but I've heard things. <laughs> Definitely don't go on grinder like ever anymore because <laughs> I'm almost thirty. Like I can't. But I downloaded it for Leanna for for data <laughs> for data research purposes for data for data. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate this. Um, but I'm gonna put it in the here. The teacher jumped out. Okay. Uh, I now have Chris's phone in my hands. Okay, <clears throat> see, so I'm going to tell you all what I'm seeing. We got Mike. We like Mike. Mike would be what what I just learned is maybe a wolf or an otter. <laughs> you see that arrow under Mike? What is that arrow? arrow is pointing down. <gasps> so that indicates that Mike is, is down. Bottom. Oh, no, this is an ad. <laughs> it's an ad, yeah. Don't worry. How do I get out of the ad? That okay. indicates that Mike is a bottom. Interesting. That's okay. the bottom arrow, and he's Okay. So you go up. So you don't have to even ask him. Like he's just gonna tell you straight up. Yeah. So like instead of his name, he just put bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Bottom twenty four. Okay. Got it. Bottom twenty four. And he's online now, and he's actually about two thousand. Oh my! He's really close. (laughs) Yeah. He's super close. Okay. Wait. Hold on. It says it has your HIV status on Grinder. How do we Mm -hmm. feel about that? Um, I don't know. Do you have to fill it out? You don't. No. So I mean, my I don't have anything on my profile because I think I need this for for data, but. 
um, you just close as much as you want or as okay. little as you want. Uh-huh. And I think the more, the better. But uh-huh. yeah. okay. it's it's super it's super complicated. I mean, I remember when I when I was in college and I had this um, like ten years ago. It wasn't anything like this. It was just a picture, and most of the pictures were dicks. Yeah, right. Oh, that scares me. There are like young people on here. Yeah. Okay. Um. What about this like mask femme? What What is What's up with that? Explain that. Yeah. So you'll see. Oh, fun. Cocksucker thirty four. Not sure. Government so name. You'll see. Yeah. Is that on your social? Uh-huh. Um. You'll see a lot on Grinder, and I think you'll see it like on on Twitter, specifically gay Twitter. Which, if you're not a part of, get a part. Highly of recommend. Immediately, you want to be in the now, be on gay Twitter. But I think what's interesting is like. There's so many sub-labels with, within the gay community, right? It's like Otter, Bear, um, but even within that, there's like another umbrella of like, are you mask, are you femme? And it's interesting because those are specifically with like expression of, of, of Like gender, your gender expression. Yeah, like your gender expression. It's like... So that doesn't... So those words <clears throat> don't necessarily relate to like how you are in a relationship that's just related to your gender identity? Right. Or so, is... Okay, so it's not... who? Okay, sorry, go. For example... <laughs> Someone on Hinge matched with me, and they said, and they had asked me my sexual position, and I said I'm verse, right? So now that we know that that means I can, you know, I, I prefer, I, I like to top or bottom, depending on, you know, the weather. <laughs> <laughs> but then they proceeded to ask me, well, are you a femverse, or are you a maskverse? Okay, yeah, what does that mean? And I think, and I did some research, because <laughs> I also was like, what am I? <laughs> um, but, you know, like, femverse, apparently means that you are feminine presenting okay as a bottom top wait slow down (laughs) (laughs) you are feminine presenting as a what but i thought you said verse right so bottom or top bottom you can do either right right? so but you're feminine presenting for both what what the hell does that mean yeah so like for example if you're like a femme top people people say think that because you're femme that you're always on bottom right that's like the historical okay. the historical implication yeah, right but Classic. now there's like this movement of like well no he's a femme top but he's like a top he's someone who gives okay but also he presents as feminine okay now okay now, so so someone presenting as feminine like i think i know what that means but can you like paint a picture for me what is that what are the typical things that are associated with someone that's femme versus someone that's mask yeah. i mean i think when I think of, like, femme and mask in the community, I think of, like, mask as your typical, like, gym-goer, um, athlete jock. Right, okay. Um, someone who doesn't present any... It's like the, the thing we watched in Disclosure. Like, it doesn't present any feminine characteristics. Shout out Disclosure. So these yeah. are people that would pass as straight to the yeah, untrained honestly, guy. Some, or even to the trained even guy. Like, down low. Like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're not even mm-hmm. out. They're, mm-hmm. Or they're even married, which is, like, a whole other podcast okay. we yeah. could have. yeah. <laughs> But then, like, someone fan-presenting is someone I would, you know, I would say, like, who's, you know, wears, wears clothing which would be feminine, mm-hmm. um, you know, does their nails, someone mm-hmm. who does their hair, mm-hmm. like, someone who's not muscular, someone who's, you know... Okay, okay, okay. That <clears throat> makes sense. That, I feel like that's what I was thinking. Right, and so if you go on Grindr, you'll see, like, mask for mask. So this is a person who's identified themselves mm-hmm. as a masked man who Looking only for- wants to have sex with someone who's masked. Okay, how common do you say that is? Like, do you... Oh, it's, like, Most gay men are, like, I'm only gonna... Yeah, like, there's a whole group in that. I'm sure if we, like, look at this grid of men, by the way, looking at the grid, it is pretty diverse, but if you click on any one of those, these men, I'm sure you'll see, like, no femmes. (gasps) Right, 
which is like I don't want any. Interesting. Man. It's like I only want a man who presents as masculine. So that's like the most popular. Presents. Yeah, you'll see masculine masks. You'll see no femmes. I mean, you'll see a lot of like no femmes, no humans, no blacks, no Latinos. Like you'll see a lot of really scary things on Branger. And I think that you know, with the with the movements that are happening in the world, things are changing, and they're mm-hmm. trying to limit that type of language. But they're looking at people's uh, <laughs> looking at people's the profiles on here on Grinder, it, it seems pretty it seems pretty divided. We're inching towards the answer to the the guiding <laughs> question today. <laughs> Sounds like having gay sex might make you a misogynist, according to what I'm learning right now about uh, Grinder. Yeah, that's, and also Grinder okay. like trash. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So grind. Okay. So grind. Okay. That's good to know as well. Yeah. Okay. So we closed grinding. Trash movies. On. We don't judge people that do it. Yeah. 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 Not. Not. Yes. Right. I don't um, give a fuck. Like, do it because I've done it. I can be a hypocrite if I feel. Yeah. yeah. Do you? Um. Okay. Let's see. Other things that the straights don't know about. You know, we've talked about a lot of these things already, but I feel like there's there's still so much more that I don't know. I yes. would say like. Uh, uh, poppers. Oh, I brought it. For what? The viewers, who? Where? So I, I mean, the there are no viewers. This is audio, Chris. <laughs> Sorry, the listeners. Um, okay, yeah. What the hell are poppers? Sitting in front of me is a little, very nondescript vial uh, with something in it. Okay, what is this? Why is this? How is this? <laughs> so I think in terms of like prep, right, or prepping for the day, usually, not always, but in times when. I know I'm going to be on bottom. Usually, I'll I'll use poppers, and so what it is is it's basically like an inhalant, um, and you know it's it's it is a drug. Like it's it's marketed as tape cleaner because there are implications that it, like this is illegal, right? In oh, some this places. is illegal. Yeah. Okay. And so you don't go into like a sex shop and say, "Can I have poppers?" Okay. You say like, "Can I have?" You call it. Can I have drugs? <laughs> I'm at a sex <laughs> shop, and I would like some tape. <laughs> what is it? Tape. Tape cleaner. Tape yeah. cleaner. And all the label. I, t- I took the label off. All the labels will say tape cleaner, but essentially, like, mm-hmm. it is a muscle relaxer specifically for the anus, you know okay. what I mean? And it comes from, it stemmed from, like, 1970s disco and 1980s rave and, and, and discotheque era, because mm-hmm. um, people were doing it at clubs all the time, but then specifically people started doing it in the bedroom because it does help with the okay, I didn't entry know about muscle of relaxing. penetration. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's also, like, short-lived. Yeah. Um, it doesn't last longer than, it's I like- would say, two weeks. I mean, there are side effects like you do you gotta feel get like it popping yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah, see so what you did there. You, you shake it, you'll see if you can hear it. Hopefully, yeah. they heard that. But you yeah. shake it, and there's that little ball, and it's mixing with your chemicals in here, and Got it. you inhale it in the nostril for a little bit. And I don't recommend it for everybody because some people just get really. We're not condoning it. drug use. Definitely not condoning, but if you or are, are somebody who is, <laughs> what are we? Yeah, but yeah. honestly, like it's a whole different experience for sex. So um, okay, All would right. recommend if, if if you want a bottom, but you're having some some trouble. Opening up. But go to therapy also. Um, (laughs) Okay, let's see. That's also very educational. I had never heard of poppers until I lived with you. Um, Did not know that was a thing. Um, Also keep them in the freezer if you want them to last. Keep them in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Like a battery. (laughs) Like a battery. Um, Okay, so on that topic, right, of like things you know and don't know, like as a gaby, what do you wish you had known what do you wish someone would have told you like you know what would you say to your gay self um you know how did you get here because i feel like 
tick, there's TikTok of everything now, but like back in your day, right before internet and before, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but really back in your day, there was way less information readily available. Representation was even more abysmal than it is now. So like, how did you fig- figure things out? Who did you talk to? What do you wish you had known? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm looking back to, uh, representations of myself that I had, whether in media or in real life. And, you know, there's this, there's the movie Brokeback Mountain, right? And the first time I've ever seen gay sex, like, on a film was Brokeback Mountain. And it's mm-hmm. like, Heath Ledger spitting into his hand and, like, basically just inserting himself into Jake Gyllenhaal. And it's like a really vivid image. And, and yes, Jake Gyllenhaal looks in pain, but he looks like it's, like, having the best time ever. And then it looks like they both come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, like, mm-hmm. they both orgasm, right? And so, in my head, I'm like, wow, this seems so easy. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, looking back, if I had my younger self, I would definitely, if, if I was able to talk to my younger self, I would be like, do your research like if it hurts stop Mm -hmm. if it hurts stop try later you Mm -hmm. know what I mean like or like if it's not working there's so many other things you can do like there's no shame in it Mm -hmm. it, and gay sex not happening that night because sometimes it doesn't and you know in my past relationships it's and also like how we define (coughs) sex there are so many things that can be yeah and I think like there's this pressure there's there's so many different pressures but I think like I would definitely tell my younger self to research gay sex before having it also like with yourself you yeah know what i mean there's so many times where like you you go into like a sexual encounter with someone and you have no idea what you like yeah right i mean i think women, women yeah women are you listening the right way like yeah. or what feels good for you or like even what your interests are and i think that i would tell my younger self like explore with your body explore mm-hmm. in the shower explore mm-hmm. with toys um do your research so you know like going into a relationship like these are things i like and it's you know communication is key in the bedroom but if you don't know what to talk about, then yeah. how can you communicate? Right. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. You mentioned something that is also wondering. Uh, you said it looks like they both orgasm at the same time. Question mark, question mark. Is that what goes <laughs> down? Uh, more things that I feel like the straights don't know. So explain that, please. You know, it's such a fascinating thing, the creation of man, because <laughs> the G-spot oh the G is not as hard to find, but harder to Get I thought the G spot was <laughs> mythical. It's mythical for women, right? We're saying we're saying like within the anus, it's it's a real like deal, it, we're right? We're saying like this beautiful thing called the prostate <laughs> that like Damn. I would say seven out of ten men have no idea that exists inside them because like once you access it, like this new part it's of the brain, literally happens. like a button. It's literally like a button. Wow, yeah. it's crazy because you know you do finger play or toy play or like if you're if you're physically stimulated with a penis and it's it's pressing against that spot, which you can easily feel with a finger hmm. if that part is stimulated like it's a different type of orgasm than even like just a normal orgasm right. I, I assume uh-huh. that this is what it, it's like for women to come which doesn't happen often I can't <laughs> <laughs> um revert to men are trash I hear that women's orgasms are really amazing and I, yes men's orgasms are amazing almost always definite mm-hmm. I assume that like penetrating the prostate and orgasming at the same time is kind of probably comparable, yeah. right? And yes, there are some times where you can be on bottom and being penetrated and being fucked and come with, like, not even touching yourself. Yeah, wow, okay. Yeah. So, okay, you can, right. Mo- most often, both people will come. Okay, so it sounds like for both the straight and gay community, the simultaneous orgasm is a Hollywood lie, but it is possible. It's within the realm of possibility, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I think this, yeah. like, lie about, like, both gonna come at the exact same time. Yeah, that's yeah. False. Yeah, but I have had sex before. We've definitely come at the same time. Magic. Um, 
yeah, but that the prostate yeah the prostate experience is crazy and ten out of ten. Ten out of ten recommend <laughs> men to explore that part of themselves. Incredible. Also, okay, so this brings me to like the next thing that I feel like we should talk about. All right, pause. I think this next part would be confusing if I didn't take the time to kind of call out that although we just spent a lot of time discussing labels in the gay community with femme, mask, top, bottom, otter, bear, etc., um, Chris and I are both of the mindset that the ultimate goal is to do away with these kind of labels. This is because labels surrounding gender identity and sexuality are inherently restrictive, and they perpetuate not only misogyny, but racism, transphobia, and a whole host of other things since they reinforce the mainstream, and they tend to neglect the nuance of identity. Of course, they're not all bad and can be empowering, um, but here we're about to make a hard pivot away from like the fun animal names. You're also going to hear me kind of fumble with language because I personally am still working on figuring out how to be as inclusive as possible in these conversations. Okay, back to the interview. Okay, so this brings me to, like, the next thing that I feel like we should talk about. Because we've been very, like, loosely throwing around the terms men and women, but it's not, it doesn't quite catch everything we're trying to say, right? Like, I feel like more accurately we're talking about, like, people with penises and people with vaginas, also recognizing that there are people in between, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or, um, so, like, yeah, we're talking about, like, the physiology of it, but that brings me to, like, recently our conversations um, about trans people and about, like, how little we know about Mm -hmm. trans people um so obviously i'm not going to ask you to like speak to sex within the trans community but it does kind of make me think about like how do you think like okay i guess i guess what i'm asking is like so for straight people when they are talking about like their type and blah 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 i feel like almost always it's implied that like somebody that is trans is excluded from that Mm -hmm. um you know obviously not everyone but like it seems like people try to put that in another category. Like, would you say it's the same within the gay community? Like, how, if you're a gay man, like, how open are you to having sex with a gay trans man, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you can say you personally, or just, like, what do you feel like the conversations are around that? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I think we need to talk about the the fact that all of the all of these communities, LGBTQIA+, plus, are just grouped in the same acronym with no knowledge of the other's experiences, right? Or very mm-hmm, little knowledge, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, as a gay Here man... all the others. Right, it's like, let's yeah. just throw all the people who don't fit into a category in one category. And yeah. so I think, like, fundamentally, you have to... You have to... As a gay man, like, I, I just don't know what the trans experience is like. Right. Now, personally, if some... If, if you're asking, like, would I have sex with someone who's... Yeah, or, or... Yeah, like, sure. I don't think that that has ever even, like, crossed my mind. Yeah. And I think that's interesting to, like, come back to. But I, I, I do remember being curious about what that's like to have sex with a, um, you know, a, a trans man who has the sexual characteristics of a female, right, who has a vagina. Um, I wonder what that, what that, that experience would be like. But the mm-hmm. thing is, is, like, I'm not closing that part off to me. Like, I mm-hmm. would still be open to it. So yeah. it's like... You know, like we talk about, like when you see sexuality as like a spectrum, and yeah. you see like... Oh, <laughs> okay, I was hoping we would get here. Okay, so for those of you that are like, have been scratching your head, or like, have been conditioned as we all have to desperately need to put people into categories so that mm-hmm. our brains can compute, right? Like that's, that's just like a human psychological phenomenon that we try to do so that we can understand things and move through the world without exploding, yep. right? But often what that means with regards specifically to like gender and sexual orientation is that we like get hung up when things don't neatly fit into those categories. So allow us to liberate you from that if you haven't already in that it is so simple if you just simply decide to change your perspective to both of those things and those things being gender and sexual orientation um, 
as spectrums. Like, it literally is the most liberating thing that I think I've ever gotten my brain to do because now everything makes total sense to me at all times. Like, there's nothing you can say that's going to confound me with regard to those two things just because I'm like, word, sexuality is a spectrum. Like, Mm -hmm. if you tell me so-and-so was into this person for 80 years of their life and then the last three, they were into... I'm like, that makes total sense because it's a spectrum. If you're like, this person one day was dressed like this but the next day was like this and they identify as this, I'm like, that also makes sense because gender is a spectrum. (laughs) So if you do that, you will be free, let me tell you. (laughs) And for people who still don't understand that as a kindergarten teacher... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let's put it in kindergarten. Because I was thinking about this morning, I was like, imagine if you're a kindergartner. Chris is a kindergarten teacher, I don't think we said that. kindergarten teacher and uh, I think about this in terms of like if I give my kindergartners a crayon box mm-hmm. right, and then they open it and they see the color black and the color white mm-hmm. they're literally going to be so sad because they're just like oh I have to use this one or this one mm-hmm. whereas if I was to give them a crayon box with every single color in there think of like the possibilities right yeah. and I think about that in terms of me like if, I, if someone's like you're either gay or you're straight like, that's no fun. Yeah, that's no fun. <laughs> but it's like, not you're true. gay, you can be gay or straight or, like, all the way in between and, like, all the, all these different types of people and all these different types of things. Badass. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's tricky because I think often about, like, back when I was in high school, I think what I would try to argue with people that were, you know, against gay marriage, for instance, I would always try. I thought, like, the ultimate argument there was, like, they were born that way. Like, they can't help it, right? Like, I thought that was the most powerful argument to be like, this is just intrinsic to who they are. It's genetic, blah, blah, blah. And while, like, I, you know, I don't know shit about science. We're not about to do the, the pseudoscience <laughs> bullshit. But, like, while it's absolutely true that, you know, there are genetic connections, I don't think, like, that's not a productive argument because it doesn't, it's not, like, nearly as liberating as saying something like, number one, who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Um, like, if you chose to be that way, if you were born that way, if it's a mixture, if it's a... Con- like, the bottom line is, like, you can do what you want and sleep with who you want and, and not sleep with who you don't want, right? Um, and it does not matter. And it does not matter. <laughs> except for when you're doing things because, like, you're excluding people because of, like, the, you know, the political that has gone into your attraction. Attraction is super political. It's super, super political. <laughs> Episode 12. Ep- yeah, I'm like, okay. Well, okay. you're making me think of this idea. I remember growing up, it's like this gold star gay idea, right? It's okay. Like, the it's gold like star the gay. The gold star gay. And then okay, people, you, you'd go to, like, you'd, you'd go to, like, a gay outing or you you talk to people, even straight people, mm-hmm. they'd be like, do you have, are you a gold star gay? Or do you have your gold star? Like, it's like some kind of, like, invisible badge. What does that everywhere. mean? And basically, it's like... Are you a gold star gay? Like, have you never slept with a woman? Have you never done anything with oh, a woman? Are you exclusively, are you exclusively someone who's only ever touched a penis or a man? And that's like, uh... And if you do have it, people come in, you're like, wow, so great, you just know yourself. Or hmm. like, if you don't have it, people are like, oh, you're figuring yourself out, oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. But it's like, what? One, A, always, what does it matter and why do you care? Yeah. But like, B, always like, why are we awarding someone... And not awarding someone. This invisible yeah, thing. Yeah, very strange. Right? And I remember that that coming up so much in college. Like, oh, you're gay. Are you gold star? Yeah. Like, are you gold star? Oh, you're not a gold star. Oh, you are a gold star? Right? And it's like this, like, I have to... I mean, I think I get, I get the, like, pride if you are someone who just, like, very much has only ever felt... Attra- like, if you're a man and you only ever felt attraction to men. Like, I get... Mm-hmm the pride and being like, I've never succumbed to the pressure of doing otherwise, right? Like, if it comes from that, like, I get why that would be something that you want to celebrate, but, yeah, it does seem very prickly. And to be fair, I have never had, like, I've never explored vagina. Chris is like, (laughs) to be fair, I get a gold star, okay? I am a gold... If we're talking about it, I definitely have... I kind of have my gold star, but see, it's like, it's tricky, right? Because, like, what do you count, so... 
Yeah, but I do think, like, the bottom line is, like, why do you care? I think I would push why most people care? for most questions that they have. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you care, right? So, like, w- the purpose of this conversation was, like, for anyone who, who wants to ask these questions to have a place to hear the answers. I am certainly not condoning you going up to your friendly neighborhood gay and, like, asking <laughs> them these questions. First, ask yourself, like, why do you care? Is it any of your business? Second of all, G-O-O-G-L-E dot com. <laughs> <laughs> and then number three, like, you know, um, it's like then, so many yeah. avenues to just research this <laughs> yeah. on your own now. It's like, there's no excuses. Yeah. There's no excuses. Um, okay, great. So, all right. So we, again, need to answer the question, like, does having gay sex automatically make you an ally? We've seen the ways in which gays are, you know, um, discriminatory towards femmes mm-hmm. already. And this weird gold star thing, which I'm not sure what to make of fully yet. What about, and also how it doesn't seem like the gay community knows more about the trans community than the straight community does. Um, but, okay, what about bi people? <laughs> what about the B? The B in LGBTQ. Uh-huh. Well, that's an inter- it's an interesting thing you bring that up because even though the B is located in the LGBTQ acronym, like, right there, right, right next to me mm-hmm. as a gay man. Right next to you. <laughs> they're right there. They're, like, right LGB, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like, they're my closest in, in acronym um, proximity, but... Acronym proximity. <laughs> wow, is that the next academic paper? Acronym proximity, <laughs> yeah. colon. Uh, I don't know. I need, I need to go back into academia. Yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's why we don't know much about trans uh, experiences because there's the B in prox- between us. <gasps> yeah. Did you just coin this term? Have you heard acronym proximity pay elsewhere? Me. No, pay me. Wow. Bars. If you steal that, we'll know. <laughs> Shout out, yeah. Effortless bars. Effortless okay. bars. Okay, sorry. Continue, continue. Well, <clears throat> what's interesting is that <clears throat> I grew up with this idea that somehow by meant experimenting. And mm. so I remember coming, I remember November 6, 20, 2006, I came out to my best friend as by, and I was, I think I was like Did 14. you just say 2006? Yeah. God, you're I, okay. <laughs> I came out to her as bi and I think in my head huh. like I knew I was gay like mm-hmm. I wasn't out here like wanting to make out with girls or wanting to touch girls sexually yeah. um, or wanting them to touch me sexually yeah. and I knew that and for whatever reason I felt like this impulse to have to say that mm. and I think it was because it was like testing the waters with the people around me right and so for a long time this like built my worldview of like bi is not a real experience Bi is not a real identity. It's just like a stepping stone on the bi way to gay. Bi is just like I'm putting my foot in the water to see if it's cold. If it's mm. cold, I'm retracting. Mm. I'm going back. And if it's warm, I'm going to stay in this water. Maybe mm-hmm. potentially roll in. And so most of my life, I was, you know, what I realize now, like, biphobic. And I think what that means is that, like, I hear someone's bi, and I'm so quick to just, like, shoot them down and be mm-hmm. like, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Right? And, and assume I, that they're doing what you did. And assume they're doing what I did because yeah. that was my experience. And I think, you know... I think that's a lot of people's experience, but I also think, like, once again, I saw things on a spectrum, and once you, like, access this beautiful part of your mind, you see people as, like, a spectrum rather than black and white, and... It unlocks everything. It's crazy, it's yeah. Real it's real like, easy. It's, like, the secret... It's, like, DLC, like... Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. your brain, right? Yeah. It's, like, this extra content that you didn't have before, and so much of my life, like, yeah, I was, like, bi does not exist, and then now I'm just, like, how great it is to be able to access, you know both these parts of yourself that are so beautiful. Yeah. <clears throat> also, too, I always felt people were telling, I think it was a lot of straight communities pushing this, projecting back on me, like, oh, they're bi, mm-hmm. and you're a man? Aren't you scared that, like, your man's going to be with, like, a woman? Mm. And you're not going to be enough for them because they want to be with a woman? 
And there's that, there's that debate, right, too. It's like, you'll never be enough for this person. But it's like, yeah, I feel like that's a very common argument. Right, it's like, one, why do you care? <laughs> that also just comes from a toxic place to begin with, right? Like, I feel like there's just an obsession. I mean, there's an obsession with monogamy, but right. there's also an obsession of, like, control within monogamy. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think it should matter who your partner is attracted to if you've established monogamy and trust right so like that already comes from a toxic starting place to be like aren't you worried they're gonna do this like you know if they were only attracted to i'm not out here going to my straight friends being like hey girl aren't you worried he's gonna go off with this other girl like why would i ever say that to my friend you know yeah so like the fact that people said that to me well because if they're trash but like (laughs) again future episode 100 yeah for sure um okay yeah that's helpful um, so then I guess the question is, do you think that being gay makes you an automatic ally to other marginalized groups? Like so far the resounding answer has seemed to be absolutely not, <laughs> but like there has to be some sort of, uh, well, actually, I guess you tell me, right? So let's talk about right now. We're sitting in on July 1st, 2020, right? In the midst of a, a pandemic, but also in the midst of uprisings and a social movement, like, you know, um, and I think we talk about this a lot in our house, but, like, where is the intersection of, like, the white gaze mm-hmm. and the Black Lives Matter movement? Because mm-hmm. we know, right, like, shout out Marsha, we know that so much social progress has literally come directly from queer black people. Yeah. Don't watch um, the movie, by the way. Don't oh, my God. Thing. Okay, watch the white gay that do Okay, yes. A quick aside, <laughs> highly recommend watching Disclosure. We watched Disclosure, and it had a clip from Stonewall. Oh, is that what the, yeah. the title of the movie and there's a scene, I guess, where, you know, who threw the first brick. Well, it's not actually known who threw the first brick. For some reason, the creators of this movie thought it would be a good idea to have a white gay throw the first brick when we're like, it's Marsha. <laughs> or at least we would rather remember it as Marsha. Okay, quick time out. Some clarification here. We are talking about the movie Stonewall, which is based on the Stonewall riots, a.k.a. Stonewall uprisings, a.k.a. Stonewall rebellion. For those of you that don't know, Stonewall was a series of demonstrations in response to a police raid and police harassment in 1969 at the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village in New York. Um, in my little bit of research, it seems like some of the absolute facts of Stonewall are disputed. For instance, we don't know for sure if there even were bricks that were thrown, um, let alone who threw them. But we do know that you definitely can't overstate the influence and importance of figures like Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, who neither of which were white. Um, and so in this movie, to elect a white cis male protagonist is pretty reprehensible. Okay, that. But, okay, anyways... What did I ask? I forgot. <laughs> I'm not good at this. Well, we were talking about this, like, this, like, white gay, right? Yeah. Like, this idea of the white gay. Yeah, why are white gays, what's wrong with them? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we have to start How at do the we genesis, make them better? right? I think, okay. like, I'm thinking about, you know, the, the powers that white gay have. And I think with anything, like, people are in, in America, and specifically in society, are more likely to be able to access things if a white person does it, mm-hmm. right? Does it first, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> if a white person, I'm thinking about Stonewall specifically, if we present the image of a white person throwing the brick, so many more people are going to be on board with that, right? rather than if we present it as a trans black woman, because then they have to fight all of their isms, or a trans yeah. person, right? Because we're, we're, we're putting this as like, you know, so many more people will be able to access this and, and identify with this because it is a white person. And so, I mean, white gays is like, 
which gay white gays are we talking about? Are we talking about Toni Morrison's white gays? Are we talking about our white gays? Like, yeah, are we about. saying G-A-Z-E or are we saying G-A-Y-S? Yeah. Shout um, out to Toni Morrison. Yeah, shout out. At the end of every episode, I think I'm going to have to just be like, mm-hmm. shout out Tony. Go read her books. We'll end with a quote. Yeah, Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah, so I think, like, bottom line, I think it's, I don't think this is new. I don't think we're the inventors of this idea. But, like, when it comes to breaking down barriers in your mind race seems to have a very strong hold and we have seen this Mm -hmm. um and so for somebody who is gay and white right like them being gay doesn't really do anything to help them understand their whiteness maybe it does i don't know maybe we need to get a white gay on here um I think you you would hope that it does, right? It's this idea that like if you are a part of a marginalized identity, the empathy is more readily ab- available to right, you. It would help illuminate the voices in your community. But then I feel like we talk about how white gays often are, you know, the the thieves of like qu- the queer black culture, right? Mm-hmm. And how like and or not even queer, but just like black women. We talk. About, I feel like that's a very common thing that has been brought to attention a lot more recently, but like has been always. Uh, on the radar that, like, white gay men capitalize on, um, like, the modes of being a black woman, and then when they do it, it's, like, funny, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I don't know, man. White gays. White gays. Well, I think also, too, it's, it's enough to be said that, like, they're the white gay claim to being a minority and being, like, an oppressed group, mm. sure, like, you might have experienced some kind mm, of prejudice. It's like a free pass. Right. So it's like, well, I'm gay and I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. But it's like, sweetie, you're also white. Right. And you're a male. Right. And you're cis. Right. And so being a cis white gay male right. is still better than being a black... A lot of a things. A cis black man. <laughs> a yeah, lot it can of go things, on, right. It can yeah. go on, right? So it's like, you claim... By better, this, we mean more privileged. Don't come at us. Yes, yeah. More privileged. <laughs> but, like, this idea that, you know, it, it, it seems as if with white gays, it's, there's this idea that, like, white will always be there first. Yeah. And be the the... It's like white, white feminism as well, right? Like putting exactly. whiteness first. Yeah. And um, it's also, it's problematic in the gay community because it, it, it seems to be like the the canon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to date this, like, really hot white guy. Or, like, it, it seems mm-hmm. as if, like, you know, you've seen, if no one's seen it, you should definitely look at the picture of the iceberg, right? It's like muscle white gays, the top of the iceberg, and that's all people see. But, like, under that right. in the gay community, there's just so much more diversity, right. Well, they're just more palatable to the mainstream. Exactly. Right? A muscly white dude is not a big jump from mm-hmm. straight to gay, right? right We're used to the muscly, fem. straight white dude. Fem. And if you just he tell says. us he's gay, we only have to change, like, one thing about him. That's true, yeah. Um, yeah, so for true. sure. Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I guess the last and probably most important question that I have for you <laughs> is for all the knowledge that you have in this world... Which Pokemon <laughs> are gay? We need to know. Tell the people. Which that Pokemon? should be part of my identity marker in the beginning. We should go back <laughs> oh, all the way and right. say, yes, I'm a huge Pokemon. Insert fanatic. rewind sound here. Yes. <laughs> there are some, like, you know, really problematic things with Pokemon in terms of the, of the fact that they are not a good representation of, of the gay community. And I think what I mean by that is, that definitely <laughs> Take sip. <laughs> there are like fundamentals in in Pokemon that make it such a heteronormative game. Mm-hmm. For example, I don't know if you know this. I don't know anything when, about Pokemon. Okay, when two Pokemon are battling, there's you know Pokemon can get paralyzed and poison, go to sleep. They can have like status conditions. 
One of them, is Pokemon, one of the sad things Pokemon can have is being so attracted by another Pokemon <gasps> that they can't attack. That's a thing? It's a thing, yeah. It's like, it's called attraction. Okay. Right? What's interesting... The viewers know, the listeners know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. What's interesting, so one of the battle moves is attract. You can only use attract if the Pokemon that you're battling against is of the opposite gender because Pokemon have genders. There are very little genderless Pokemon. So you're telling me <laughs> that we're we're out here creating Squirtle, Wordle, Schmirtle, yeah. and our imagination will extend so far as to have like a, a turtle that's that well, I don't know what yeah. they do, but we can't extend it far enough to yeah. where these creatures are beyond mm-hmm. heteronormativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got straight Pokemon. What's What's great though is the Pokemon that don't have genders. This attacks don't work. So I'm thinking like, wait, there oh, are Pokemon without genders.
How do you suggest other people dress up with their kids? Tell the people what you do. Marlon Bundo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's crazy is that there's this assumption that children just will have, we're projecting these homophobic, internalized homophobia thoughts we have on our children, which is like perpetuating this terrible mm-hmm. idea of homophobia in society. But I think first and foremost, like children are just so engaged by stories and they learn about the world and make sense of the world with stories. And there's this really great book um, called Marlon Bundo. Mm-hmm. And it's about a boy bunny that falls in love with another boy bunny. And it's also funny because it's Mike Pence's pet bunny. Right, 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 <laughs> which is hilarious yeah, 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 to me yeah. that it's, <laughs> and Mike Pence's pet bunny is gay. But he falls in love with a boy bunny. And the th- greatest thing is, is like when you read it to kids, they just get it. Like there's no question. They get it. Did you hear that? They get they it. They don't ask like, <laughs> well, what about their family? <laughs> they don't ask questions about, like, well, where's the girl bunny? Like, because they just... They, you know. But don't they go to hell? <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't ask questions like that. They just think, like, oh, cool, two board bunnies. They love up. each other. They, they understand other. that. Right. Yeah. Teaching kids um, about different perspectives through stories is, like, the best way to do it, and specifically doing it with something like uh, children's book characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. Start there. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I will see you in 30 seconds because we live together. Um, But that is it for our episode with Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening. was to find out whether being gay makes you less likely to oppress others and more likely to be a good ally to other marginalized communities. I put sex in the title because if we're being honest, that's probably why you clicked play. Hopefully though, you do walk away not only with more knowledge surrounding gay sex and questions you were afraid to ask, but also a deeper understanding of how, regardless of our identities, we should probably always be hyper-vigilant of the ways in which those identities interact to inform our thoughts and our behaviors. I would challenge you to, if you haven't already, uh, push yourself to learn more about the very large spectrum for both gender and sexuality, and to really dig into the stuff that makes you uncomfortable. Regardless of how we identify, there's always more work to do internally to unlearn a lot of the harmful ideas, stereotypes, and ignorant assumptions put on us by society. For instance, if you've ever used gay as a slur or a joke or your friends have and you stayed silent, now might be a really good time to ask yourself why. To close out, here's what I learned you should absolutely not do in today's episode. Number one, absolutely do not approach gay sex as callously as Jake and Heath in Brokeback Mountain post 500 cans of campfire beans. (laughs) Do your research, do your prep, and find out what works for you. Number two, absolutely do not assume someone gets a pass on racism, sexism, and so forth just because they came out of the closet or went to a pride parade without a one sign. And finally, number three, absolutely do not give up on me because this was my first ever podcast episode. Thank you again for listening, and please tune in for episode two. Special thank you to Chris for sitting down to talk with me today, Deontay Singley for the sound design and encouragement, and Stewie Robertson for the fabulous cover art. Nos vemos next time on Absolutely Not. Absolutely Not.